When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're looking live at the PHNX studios in downtown Phoenix, the epicenter of the NFL world right now. But that doesn't mean basketball is staying quiet. It's the PHNX Sun Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm your host, Greg Esposito. Joined, as always, by Gerald Borgay, but we got a few special guests in the house. It's a Valley Voices edition yeah. of PHNX Suns today. We've got Brendan Clean from Locked On Suns. We've got John Voida, the better half of Matthew Lissy on the Suns Jam <laughs> Session pod. That's what he asked me to say. No, no, he's the better half. He's <laughs> okay, the better half. Okay. And joining us a little bit later is Kellen Olson from Empire of the Suns and Arizona Sports. Guys, not much to talk about today, uh, so yeah, thanks for nothing. coming down. Uh, well, we got plenty to Quiet talk day. about. Chaos. Uh, and the very first thing that uh, that just broke uh, just a little while ago, according to Baxter Holmes at ESPN, Suns President uh, of Business Operations, Jason Rowley, has resigned from the team. Uh, we'll use resigned in quotes here <laughs> yeah. uh, as uh, he had vehemently dug his feet in back in December on December 19th saying he was not going to leave or resign and uh, a new owner would have to make a, a decision on his employment. Uh, he tap dance and changed his tune a little bit today. This I'll get your thoughts on it first, but as somebody who had worked in the organization, worked under Rowley, I wanted to share a few thoughts myself here when you saw that 43 page report about the disgraced future former owner of the phoenix suns earlier or late last year i anybody who believed that that was just one man who created that culture was kidding themselves there are multiple people within that organization that added to that culture uh and defined it even further than just robert sarver did jason rowley was one of those people and the fact that he gets to resign, fine. Means he's not getting any extra money out of him. There's no golden parachute for Jason Rowley, but make no mistake about it. Some of those things talked about in the report, the way uh, the way this organization was run, very much at the feet of him. There are other people still within that organization that need to go uh, in order to really cleanse this and get a true fresh start. Two of those steps have already happened. Matt Ishbia reportedly going to take over. Uh, as soon as Wednesday for this team. Hopefully that it brings upon other changes that will make it a better place for people 
to work. But uh, this was, for many of us who were in the building, a very, very good day in Suns World. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I don't know if this, whether this is a resignation or a get the fuck out, but either way, I'm cool with it. Uh, it's a good day for the Suns organization. Like you said, there's still work to be done as far as cleaning house and holding people accountable and responsible for the toxic workplace environment that was described in that investigation. But Rally was a huge part of that. He had said he wasn't going to step down. Now he's stepping down. Um, so I couldn't be happier for the employees that had to put up with that and were wondering if he would be held accountable. The answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, as a Suns fan, this is what you want, right? With Sarver exiting stage right, his little cronies and such are going to ex exit stage right with them. Is it on his terms? Yeah. Does that frustrate me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but at the end of the day, it, we're a results-based business and results are he's gone. Other people are, are going to probably follow suit and we're going to continue to try to build this as a, the class organization that it should be. And with Matt Ishbia coming in midweek, like this is a great step in that direction. Another st great step in that direction. Yeah. We just have this weird thing in sports where we give people permission to act like this. <laughs> and so as much as you feel for the employees and you hope none of that has to cross their path again, mm. kind of hope that maybe this can be another kind of domino like we've seen with a lot of organizations where it's like, it's just not okay. Like, it doesn't matter if it's sports, it doesn't matter if it's basketball. It's just a dude like that should not be running anything, should not be in charge of anybody. If you read anything that he was alleged to have done, it's just... It's not okay. Just get him out. And well, I, I don't know if he should never work again, but get him out of this because he's been here too long. He mm -hmm. won't work in sports again. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody hires him, it's it's a gross uh, misuse of, uh, of their ability to hire people when you look at it. Uh, I mean, a lot of personal feelings, obviously, for me, others who, who worked in the organization. But I, I refuse to believe, too, that this is him leaving of his own accord. I'm sure what happened was Matt Ishbia sat down and said, there's two paths this takes. <laughs> you resign before I get there, or I'm going to embarrass you when I get there by uh, by throwing your ass out. You can choose. You can pretend like you had some say in this, but you don't, is the way I, I imagine that this went down. And uh, look, punishment was deserved, but in the end, not being there should be punishment enough for a lot of these guys who ego is a currency mm -hmm. for them, and that yep. is definitely an ego uh, shot there for him. Uh, we'll keep you updated on everything that happens as the transition to Matt Ishbia as owner continues to take place this week and beyond. But there was some very good news uh, that we all can be happy about yes. that came out today. More Devin news. Booker, <laughs> uh, according to Dwayne Rankin, uh, said that he is, in fact, going to play tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets on TNT. <laughs> Who would have guessed more stuff with the Brooklyn Nets that's going to have attention? There's not okay, Devin Booker. If the if the NBA were ever scripted, this would be the exact script that the NBA <laughs> yes. would hand out. Mm -hmm. The Nets in complete you know turmoil with trades and everything. Devin Booker coming back for the Suns on that game. <laughs> they moved it to TNT last week. They knew what they were doing. Watch us lose it. <laughs> that would be it's, so bad. It's typical. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> I mean, we know we know what's coming. We know what the script says. But, yeah, I mean, having Devin Booker back, you know, it, it's scary, though, right? Because, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about possible transactions, possible things that, you know, could have transpired this past weekend. And what scares me, obviously, is the, the biggest move that James Jones has to make this week is just announcing that Devin Booker's back and he's content with that. And that's that's something that we'll get into probably a little mm -hmm. bit later. But just knowing that D-Book's going to be back is absolutely paramount to the success of this team. 
The fact that we've survived without him, we're one of the two hottest teams in the NBA with him being gone, winning, what, eight out of our last ten? Mm-hmm. Like, we're heading the, dire- the right direction. And we're, again, a lot of teams are sleeping on the Suns, and now you have 27.1 points per game coming back. It's th- This is a good time to be a Suns fan relative to that. Yeah, and I mean, it's fascinating because we've only gotten, I think, seven games with the Suns' preferred starting lineup available, mm-hmm. It's and it's been months since we've had that. So I'm fascinated to see, okay, we've seen the growth that Mikhail Bridges has made, the leap he's made. We've seen the Suns run more offense through DA. We've seen Cam Johnson be back now for a little bit. Like, how does Devin Booker coming back affect all of those things? And is this starting five still one of the best in basketball? They had a plus 33 net rating in the limited time they've had together this season. Um, it's unfortunate we only get one game of that before the trade deadline because yeah, right? <laughs> that would make it a little easier to assess whether yeah. this group has legs or what the needs are. But um, it is fascinating. We will get that back. I'm really excited to see just the basketball side of things again. I know everybody's super excited about the trade deadline and all this other news, but like I'm just excited to watch Devin Booker play ball again. Yeah, it's interesting that they gave him that they were so patient, right? Because you could have easily imagined that they would have wanted to get at least a couple weeks to Mm -hmm. know what this was going to be before they had to make a big decision. Now all the talks are already happening. Like they're not nothing that happens tomorrow. Nope. It's going to (laughs) affect. Okay, now we don't. We're good. Book played great. We're we're fine now. Um, And I just I did have the thought, like imagine Matt Ishbia Watt because he hasn't played since Ishbia had his bid Mm -hmm. accepted. I do have to think the little the little glimmer in Ishbia's eye when he's like, "This is what I this is what I bought this team for." <laughs> yeah. Maybe that little bit might give them a, a kick in the butt to make some moves. Just like, oh yeah, we have this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, and I we I paid for this because of my other Michigander that's that's on this roster. <laughs> yeah, they dapped right? in Detroit, but seeing him play, that's a whole nother level. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, the Suns are eight and ten, eighteen and ten with Devin Booker healthy, fully healthy. I'm not counting that Christmas Day bullshit. He played like four <laughs> minutes. That doesn't count. Eighteen and ten and a plus one twenty in those games, as opposed to a losing record with a lesser, like a minus margin when he's out. So we're getting one of the best players of basketball back. That's exciting. It wouldn't surprise me though if they struggle a little bit, at least out of the gates tomorrow night mm-hmm. against the Nets, because these guys have to figure out how to play together again. Mikhail is a different player than who he was when Book last stepped on the court with him. There's going to be some things to figure out. By the way, the chat has been talking about the fact that uh, John and, and Brendan <laughs> have actual legs. Yeah. Yes. legs. They have actual yes. legs. I need a, you, you can tell it's it's February as well. I, just, I looked up on the screen. I was like, oh, I need a tan. <laughs> you know, my, They almost blend right into my shoes. But yes, uh, we're more than just floating heads on, uh, on YouTube screens. And if you guys like legs, DraftKings, you can parlay. Oh, there you go. And have mm. multiple legs. You can get those same game uh, parlays. No sweat, same game parlays when it comes to NBA games right now. And you can also build your own Super Bowl parlay lots going on in the DraftKings sportsbook app whatever you are into betting on you can put together a beautiful parlay a parlay with legs so nice that you'll forget about john and, and brendan but do you want to right. i don't know <laughs> do i don't you know want to? I, these won't make you money but they're nice to look at we'll <laughs> say that uh, and, oh dear i'm i'm excited for the big game i love betting on a lot of the prop bets oh yeah the what color gatorade the how long's the national anthem gonna go mm-hmm. like I like these games of chance, if you will. I don't got enough (laughs) with the who's going to win. What's the point spread? No, give me the crazy stuff, the off the wall stuff. First Mm -hmm. touchdown, last touchdown score. Will there be a safety? That's always like crazy touchdowns. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, and I don't know that we've seen a safety. So those odds uh, are, are high for a reason. It's always a weird score, though. Always bet on the weird yeah. score. Tell me the last Super Bowl where it's literally like 28 to 14. That's it doesn't true. happen. That is very true, especially with uh, with both of these guys. And if you use the promo code PHNX, you are going to get a great deal here with it. Uh, you're going to download that app, use that code PHNX, and new customers can bet $5 on any NBA game and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. Again, use that code PHNX. Get five or bet $5 on any NBA team and get $250 in bonus bets instantly. It's just that easy. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. Uh, I believe it's void in Ohio too. That's I don't correct. Know why, it, it is but void I do in believe Ohio. It's void in Ohio, not void. Uh, no, just void just in void. Ohio. Uh, and then our friends at Four Peaks got a lot going on. Uh, they've got this new Suns brew that you can see here on the table. If you're listening on audio, you're going to have to check it out on the YouTube because it's beautiful packaging and the cans look just as nice. And we love it because they are the best beer here in town. Some of the best that you can have. And with so much going on this week in sports. Golf tournaments, football, trade deadlines. You just the trade deadline alone, you'll probably need multiple beers. I needed a six pack of of Four Peaks last night just to get through the insanity that was going on. You, you got a pop on Espo. Oh, give me. Oh, you that, know, I mean. that, that nice ASMR mm. for the listeners there. My favorite beer is the Wow Wheat uh, from, from Four Peaks. Good call. The peach ain't bad too. You got to go with Kilt Lifter. Hey, you're a kilt lifter. Kilt lifter. Gets Brent. you drunker faster. Yeah. <laughs> there Brent, it is. Do you have a Not a wild guy. Ever since I wow. introduced it, it's, it's my favorite. And they have the actual bus that they bring out to events, which is nice <laughs> as well. Don't forget the Super Bowl is right around the corner. Enjoy a nice Four Peaks beverage during the big game and visit them out at their 8th Street pub as well. Let's welcome in another special guest in the Valley Voices. He is our friend. Arizona Sports and Empire of the Suns. He yeah. is Kellen Olson. <laughs> there he is. We caught him. We caught him leaning on the hand there. Kellen, how are you, my man? I'm good. No one gets to see my legs though. Not happening. <laughs> Non-negotiable. Hey everyone, great to, to see your faces. Game and see it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Kellen, we uh, we touched on some of the news, but we saved the big stuff for you. Uh, we're going to talk about Kyrie CP3 and the chaos that was this weekend, gentlemen. Take a deep breath. Let's get into it. First off, Kyrie Irving is a Dallas Maverick, uh, which everybody, if you don't know by now, you aren't paying attention. He went to the Mavs for a uh, 2029 unprotected first round pick, a 2027 second round pick, and a 2029 second round pick, uh, along with uh, Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, as well, and then mm-hmm. Mark Markeith Morris went back to Dallas. Our uh, our old friend there, <laughs> God, Markeith. Sure. And, and there's rumors that uh, Marcus may join him as well in a subsequent deal with the Clippers. So that's interesting. First off, how shocked were you, if at all, that Dallas was the place that Kyrie wound up? Uh, not very shocked. For, shout out Clutch Keith, by the way. Remember the fourth quarter clutch time, Markeith Morris time? In when the, there was nobody the else there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I like to remind every now and then where we were at before <laughs> once we entered here. I, li- I like to be that voice. Uh, I, w- I wasn't really that surprised. Dallas has always been a team in the Cuban era that's been, I don't want to say desperate, but they've been on it. Whenever a star has been available, it seems like they're almost always in the mix in the trade market just because of how they feel about their ability to sign them and bring them in 
kind of in other ways, there's an obvious need for another guy next to Luka Doncic, hopefully for his sake and the longevity of his career, it'll get his usage rate down a bit because he's trending in a really bad direction with that sense in in mind. It, it didn't surprise me. And when you look at the package, especially Espo, with what they were able to give up, it, it kind of compares to the Suns offer where if you view it as Chris Paul's future next year in the team being in question, you could effectively look at the trade offer from the Suns offer. Was it an offer? We'll, you will get into that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, of, of Jay Crowder and, and a first round pick, you can basically be like, okay, like you were sending out a first round pick to take a swing on the Kyrie situation. And if it didn't work out, you gave up a first round pick to try it. And you look at it from the Mavericks perspective, it, it's sort of a similar thing where they give up two useful players, some picks, but ultimately not this humongous price that puts them at this huge disadvantage and in, in the future. But then you can debate the fit, debate how much better or worse they got from this. And that's uh, more of the interesting part for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was I had been very adamantly opposed to any sort of Kyrie Irving trade here, even here. Really? Yeah. Didn't express that. Just, I, didn't, I don't know <laughs> if I made that clear or not. Um, but Kellen, what was kind of your reaction to what the Suns offered versus what the Nets wanted? And where do you I'm sure you I, I, I read your article, so I know where you stand. But tell the good people where you stand <laughs> on this sort of Suns package and, and not trading for Kyrie. For those ultimately. of us that are illiterate, as Josh <laughs> let everybody know that I am, uh, <laughs> what did you have to say about it? I'm sure all of you join in me and not welcoming the only read the headline people, but my headline summed it up, which was like, why? Why? <laughs> uh, so that, that answers how I felt about it for sure. But Gerald, didn't you find the three first round picks part interesting when they were like, we want three back and then you compare it to Dallas's offer and you're like, well, is that... That's Chris's right. value to Brooklyn, certainly. But does that kind of forecast Chris's value across the league, perhaps? I think that's the mm -hmm. that's a really interesting part of the next uh, couple of days. But then uh, more likely in the offseason is like if you trade Chris Paul, what are you exactly going to be able to get to him? Because that kind of counteroffer or suggestion from Brooklyn, however you want to phrase it, suggests that Chris's value compared to uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith really isn't uh, that great, which was – surprising to me maybe but but he is he is really old he doesn't have a lot left on his contract it he could be looked at as an asset in in very different ways for a few different teams i think do you guys think that in part that that was more attractive because obviously they're younger but you can also turn around and more easily flip a spencer dinwiddie flip a dorian smith uh with those draft picks that's that's what i took out of it was they may not be done in Brooklyn. Now we're in the offseason, and that gives them more paths to adding. No, that's 100% correct. I mean, there's already rumors with Pascal Siakam and the Nets, so mm -hmm. you can see that what they're trying to do are get viable assets that are that you can flip in an effort to try to bring in somebody, a, a big name. Because, I mean, as much as Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith are names, they're not big names. And if you want to get that big name next to Kevin Durant, you're going to have to take the right assets to do so and, and package together something that's attractive Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, not necessarily attractive, you know, as as assets. As human beings, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I initially looked at the Mavs deal that went down as like, okay, they're trying to keep KD happy. Mm. But the more that I thought about it, I actually think it was kind of the middle ground once we saw what all the offers were. I think the we don't care about KD, he's getting traded would have been taking the Lakers offer because you get those yeah. two picks, mm -hmm. probably just cut Russ or send him to a third team and you're kind of starting over. I think the Suns offer would have been full keep KD happy, get him vets, get him guys that he's going to want to play with. 
maybe some picks too. I don't know if the Suns would have gone all in on multiple unprotected picks in a deal like that. This Mavs deal is kind of in the middle where, yeah, they might they might repackage it to get something to help Durant. But it's also like, well, maybe it's the beginning of a rebuild if they do end up having to cut bait with Durant. Those guys still would have value to other teams too, whereas like Crowder and Paul, I mean, Paul could get cut this summer. Crowder's a free agent. They don't have any value mm. past right now. I want to get into the Chris Paul angle here in a second, but uh, let's go. And Kellen, we can start with you. Uh, are the Mavericks better today and more of a threat to the Suns with Kyrie than they were two days ago? Ooh, I don't think so right now, actually. I, I don't think so. I think they're a more talented team right now. I just talked about this uh, on our podcast. but it, it, So Kyrie, you can look at it like you took the Spencer Dinwiddie spot and you turned it into Chris Paul by including – or Chris Paul, that would have been something, huh? Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie and, and Kyrie Irving, and then you include Dorian Finney-Smith in, in three picks. You can look at it that way, but when you include Dorian Finney-Smith in the deal, it changes what that role actually is, like what Kyrie Irving's role is going to be, because we saw it in that playoff series. Dorian Finney-Smith was everywhere defensively. He was hounding Chris Paul full court. He was on Devin Booker. He was playing help side so he could help the doubles on DeAndre Ayton. He was, he was everywhere in that series, and now – I. Is there a case that Reggie Bullock is not only the, their only perimeter option defensively, but their only good perimeter defender at all on their mm -hmm. roster right now? Are we willing to go far enough with Josh Green? And then you look at how big they are. It's weird because they've got two guards, and now they've got the Wood, Kleba, Bertans, um, Powell grouping. And it seems like they've got another deal to get done. Tim McMahon had some really good reportings today that said, like, Dallas wants to get this done today, which indicates they feel like they've got some more stuff to get done, and they do because defensively, I think that they need to add another wing. And then I think you look at the ball handling part of this. That's not really getting talked about at all. I know a ball handler and a wing. Isn't that familiar? Huh? We've talked about that <laughs> enough. Uh, but Jaden Hardy is their backup point guard, I think. Frankie Lakita Is Tim Hardaway going to run the offense? I, I don't really know. So it, I, I'm curious how you feel about it, Gerald. But I think that it's it's kind of the fit of Kyrie and Luca really isn't a problem for me. It's more of how the Dallas looks as a complete team around them. And I don't see the vision yet, but I think it will change in 48 hours. I think they made this kind of trade knowing they have another trade to make after. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I don't think they can just call it a day when they got the second superstar. And also, what a hell of a bet if you're the Mavs who, like Kellen alluded to earlier, are kind of thirsty for that second superstar to make Luka happy. And they put it on the most undependable guy in the NBA in that category. Like, good luck with that gamble, especially after if you have to pay him $198 million. I this believe summer. he can only make 80. It's two years no, 80. So with that's him, right? you could you'd be immediately eligible immediately. for that. Gotcha. So this okay. summer he can still get four and 198. Yeah, well, that's really insane. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think like in a matchup against the Suns, this makes them more difficult offensively because what they've struggled with against this Mavs team is just sitting down and defending guys and keeping them from dribbling wherever they want. Kyrie obviously helps with that, but defensively they took a major step backward. And this is a team that was already 24th in defensive rating this year. So like a lot of people were saying, oh, we should have traded for Kyrie because now the Mavs have them. Look, if you can't beat this Mavs team, you should have beat the Mavs team last year. But if you can't beat this one this year, that can't defend anybody like we shouldn't even be talking about this team winning a title at all. So I, I think it does help as far as their offense. But defensively, they took a major step backward and now they are hinging their future with Luca and keeping him happy on a guy that's quit on his last three teams who has nearly missed as many games over the last three and a half years with the Nets as he's played. I, I just, I hats off to you. Good luck, Dallas with that. 
it's going to be spectacular one way or another. It's going to be spectacularly <laughs> fantastic for them or spectacularly disastrous. And, you or know, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, probably, you know, because, again, to, to both of your points, you know, on offense, yeah, you have two dynamic backcourt players. Uh, you have Kyrie Irving, who's unbelievably talented. And, and I was in the pro uh, Kyrie camp. You know, I, I, I read Kellen's piece. I read Dave King's piece. Everyone's like, no. And I was like, yes, please. Uh, and then, you know, as time went on and he went to Dallas, I was like, okay, now that I've got that emotion out of the way, logic set in. And I go, you know what? We dodged a bullet here and we get to sit back and watch the Dallas Mavericks implode. And I'm all for that after what happened last year. Uh, but I, I know that when the conversations first began, when it said it was the Lakers, the Suns, and the Mavericks, I was like, the worst place for Kyrie to go is the Mavericks because that just that backcourt just doesn't make sense. And to see what they gave up in an effort to get him from a wing defender standpoint, from guys who killed the Suns. I mean, this is a team that turns into Reggie Miller and Steph Curry <laughs> when they play against yes. the Phoenix Suns from beyond the arc. And those were two primary uh, guys who did that. I really think that this is going to be it's going to be fun to watch as a Suns fan. That's I like sure. how you were talking about the passage of time there as if it was weeks when in reality that all happened after <laughs> it was like, like six four hours. hours. Yeah, it was, yeah, you know. Like, that was all in one day, but I was following you the whole story. <laughs> John vacillates in his yeah. feelings real yeah, quick. Really, you know, really emotions make smart people look stupid. So I have to. <laughs> I am. I am slightly concerned because whenever you put two stars together, if they have a hot few months and it clicks at the right time, mm -hmm. that can always be dangerous. But I agree with you. Their defense took a hit, so that should immensely help the Suns. But I mentioned Chris Paul, and we've alluded to it, but it was Crispy Haynes came out uh, just after the deal uh, had been, well, I guess it's technically not consummated yeah, yet, but yeah. agreed upon, uh, and said sources, uh, Brooklyn Nets received – Los Angeles Lakers proposal that included the team's two first-round picks in 27 and 29 and the Phoenix Suns offer of Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and unspecified picks. To me, obviously, you knew Jay Crowder is going to be in rumors. You don't care about the picks because they, you can't hurt picks' feelings, right? <laughs> but Chris Paul's name coming out in all this, I have to wonder... Uh, and we'll get into what he said, and it, it's, it's you know, platitudes, I think. But you have to wonder, does this cause any kind of concern within the locker room or with Chris Paul? Gerald, you spend a lot of time around these guys, as uh, as does Kellen. What, what do you think? Do you think that this has the potential to be something that causes some strain? I, I don't know. I feel like this, if anything, might lead to a more motivated point, God, if anything, because Chris Paul is a proud individual. Like he he said all the right things when he was asked about it by Dwayne Rankin. Um, but he knows he knows this is a business, A, and B, I feel like he's the type of guy that would use this as motivation. Like, oh, I was involved in an offer. OK, watch this. Like and who knows how long it lasts because he's 37 now. Um, but he's been playing a lot better basketball recently. I think this to me says more about a like Kellen was saying what Chris Paul's value is around the league versus his value on the Suns and him being more valuable to this team right now in terms of orchestrating the offense, helping Mikhail Bridges pick his spots more recently, things like that. And also like who's the one party that would benefit from this news being leaked? It's the Nets who are probably still mad about the whole Kevin Durant thing last summer who might have to engage with the Suns later on this upcoming summer if Kevin Durant pushes out like I I have a hard time believing that this is a hundred percent true and we've seen it reported from multiple places but we've also seen counteractive reports to that so I'm 
I'm taking all of this with a grain of salt as far as who is leaking what and for what reason. Kellen, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, Gerald. And this is actually like the last thing I, I can say and maybe be part of before I got a jet. There's all these Arizona sports things happening seemingly every <laughs> hour. I'm I, I, Gambo. Luckily, reporting the Cardinals won't hire a head coach till next week. I'm knocking on <laughs> yeah. everything around me right now to make sure that that holds up. But uh, what I will say is my last thing before I have to unfortunately go is it. I Chris has been in this situation so many times that I don't think it will affect his his on court play. Like I, I think that's that goes without saying that. It won't affect the way that he's playing in there. Now, you can go in terms of his mental status and, and how he feels about his future with Phoenix when it comes to the offseason next year. Like, sure, I think that can come up a bit. But you just look at the way things ended in New Orleans. Look at the way things ended in L.A., in Houston, in, in OKC. He's been a part of these, like, new cycles so many times that I'm sure it's not even, like, a thing to him. And, and there was the nugget from Chris Haynes' podcast with Mark Stein where he did mention – that he reached out to Chris Paul before reporting it and then kind of gave him the heads up so it didn't blindside him out of nowhere from that perspective. And I'm sure Chris heard everything back that we've heard and then some in terms of where this this obviously didn't come from the Sun side. It obviously came from either Brooklyn side or Kyrie side. It's just a matter of where it did exactly. So I don't think it will affect him in, in that regard. But, I mean, it's it's the same thing when you look back at all the stuff that's happened the last year, right? Like DeAndre and Monty not talking. Well, it's not good. Like it's, it's not it's, – it, we can't spin this into a positive. And this kind of is the same kind of thing where like this – it's not good that his name's out there. But as far as like how big of a negative it is, I, I don't really see it as that, to be honest. Well, Kellen, we appreciate you taking the time. If you want to hear more of his thoughts, Empire of the Suns podcast – you can catch him on various Arizona Sports 98.7 shows, and you can read them at ArizonaSports.com. Kellen, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Yeah, of course. Great to see all your guys' faces, hopefully more in person soon. See ya. Good luck. <laughs> uh, so, guys, uh, where where do you stand on this? And, and, Brendan, we'll start with you. But where do you stand on how could this impact the Suns with this leaking out? I agree with Kellen. I think that I have a hard time imagining him just – you know, going scorched earth and allowing this to be a problem. Mm -hmm. I think the, I just can't make sense of, if you listen to Windhorse and Zach Lowe too uh, on the podcast that they put up this morning, they were very much on the side of the Suns are pushing back on this. It's not very real. Something's afoot here. But I also have a really hard time imagining Chris Haynes calling Chris Paul with something that he has a suspicion was just made up as leverage. And so I, I just I don't have like a great piece of analysis. It's very confusing. And I, I, I get I guess I come down on the fact that I do think it was legitimate. I think that they offer they, they had Chris Paul's name come out of their mouths in these talks. And I do feel like that at least puts us a little bit closer to him not being on this team in a week. I don't know what has to happen after that to get there. But those two things I feel pretty confident saying. Yeah, see, I think I think there's 100 percent merit. <clears throat> I think that it happened. And I think that the Suns are walking it back for the reasons that you would walk it back if you were an employer who was talking about, you know, trading Gerald. <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, 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 no. Those are just we would never. You weren't supposed to let him know that we had those discussions. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I yeah. wanted Lissy in a first. You wouldn't give up the first. Well, all right? uh, you, you wanted two first. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I did. I I'm did. not giving up two first. You're getting a little crazy there right. now. But that's how the Suns have to look at this. Right. So that's the posturing that goes on in these kind of things. Were these two players discussed? Absolutely. The contract stacked correctly. There's value there. Kevin Durant, if you ask Kevin Durant, like, who do you want to play next to you? Do you want CP3 and Jay Crowder, or do you want Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie? He'd probably go with the first one. 
But again, the Nets are utilizing that as an opportunity to try to drive a price up, although that price that the Mavericks ended up offering is still puzzling to all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, I think that that's the posturing that goes on in these things. Mm. But I mean, what I would get it if there were still negotiations going on and it leaked that the Suns were looking at offering Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, maybe some first to try to drive up that price. But the fact that it came out after makes me wonder what petty reason are you uh, is is somebody putting it out there and I, it feels like the nets with an axe to grind about something you know yes Compet- I, I competitive pure, advantage on tuesday yeah. i mean pure <laughs> they want to win that, that game they yes. want chris paul to be upset to the point where he can't we want this him. one we game. want this one game what makes what makes me wonder about all this is i mean we all heard it devin booker very much is uh, is close to kd you know, there was always the inclination that maybe they had talked. Like, mm-hmm. is there? It makes me wonder how frustrated are the Nets with the Suns that they do this? Does this potentially show you that if KD does become available, that there's not really a path because the Nets are, are out here leaking your leaking your business uh, that could have an impact on a championship window. I mean, you look at them asking for Chris Paul and three first rounders. They're either operating in bad faith compared to the other two offers, or they're trying to set the standard for when these talks approach KD later on, or they're just bitter about the last time they had to deal with the Suns <laughs> and the whole case. Or it could be all three. Yeah, I don't it's know. All, like, it's all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> that felt like it could be the lie of the counter offer being the three yeah. picks. Cause that's just like, <laughs> look how, look how much of a position of strength we were negotiating from. We were asking for right. all this <laughs> and it makes the Dallas deal look a little better. It makes everything feel like it's on their terms. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, okay. I get, you know, low and Windhorse obviously you're talking with, the Suns. I think it's pretty, pretty clear that that's Windhorse where that's sure. coming, yeah. coming from, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's obvious direct <laughs> connections to Windhorse, but it makes me go, yeah. If if a kid gets caught and the parent goes, "Hey, did you eat that piece of cake?" The first thing they're gonna say is, "No, I didn't. <laughs> Not me." Doesn't matter how much chocolate they have on the fingers, and that's what this feels like. Mm-hmm. Is the Suns go, "Oh, no." But, but it could yeah. just be that. But I think Lowe brought it up. It could just be the difference between bouncing ideas around and actually making a okay. concrete yes. offer. Okay, There's but if you there. said, "What do you think about Chris Paul and Jay Crowder?" How is that any different than here's our offer of Chris Paul? It's a printed out piece of paper now. This is real. I don't think think that distinction matters to Chris Paul, for instance. It probably doesn't. But I do think there is a difference between like just like we do it all the time with our NBA trade machine. I can't imagine these GMs are that different. Like, okay, here. okay, let me try and see if this works mathematically. Like, oh, shit, it does. I really hope they're not going to like fanspo and they're like, (laughs) oh, let's check this out. I kind of hope that they are. are It makes me feel better about the job I do. Why do I need NBA trade machine? I have Trevor Bucks. It was an exact quote. I think the one other thing on this that I feel like makes me feel that there is some animosity and that I would prepare for that, whether it's between now and the deadline or if Kevin Durant becomes available again, is if you read the reporting around Joe Sy and the way that he did not want Kyrie to go to the Lakers and he had this, you know, wild hair up as you know what, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that was not going to happen. If... We translate that over to the Kevin Durant situation. Mm-hmm. That team is the Suns. And yeah. if he's petty and he's, you know, controlling and wants to get his little grievance out, then I could see not a little grievance. They they destroyed his franchise. <laughs> but <laughs> I could see that translating over if if the Suns and, and Nets talks do pick up at any point. Do you see this at all feeding Chris Paul's ego? 
Hey, I nearly got traded for Kyrie Irving, guys. I mean, I'm still a badass. I doubt he'd ever see it that way. I'm but 33 in here. <laughs> well, let's hope he's 33 in here Kyrie. after this because the Suns are going to need him. Need him. Do you think this increases the likelihood that he gets moved by Thursday now that this is out there? Because I, now, one thing it does do is it tells every other you know 2018 he's in the on the league, market. Chris Paul can be had for the right price. I, th- I don't think it increases the odds. I think if the odds were there, they're still the same as they ever were. Like, I don't think this is going to spurn Chris Paul into, like, wanting out more or pushing the Suns more to moving him. I think they're open to moving him. I think where there's smoke, is fa- there's fire as far as, like, we've heard the Van Vliet, the Rozier, all these other names come up as far as the post Chris Paul future, and it's what we've been talking about on probably all of our podcasts. What does this team do next year at point guard or the year after that? Like we all know about how much of his contract is guaranteed beyond this year and how it's like a team option after that. So we're all preparing for this. We all know it's coming. Uh, I think the Suns are starting to grind the wheels a little bit in terms of, okay, what are we going to do? And like, do we need to do this now? Or do we wait till the offseason? I think it opens up the opportunity for them to go, listen, Paul, listen, we didn't we didn't make that trade offer with right. Brooklyn. But, you know, now that your name's been brought up. Yes. You know, <laughs> let's talk like about the offseason. We <laughs> might have to cut you. Do you want to get traded somewhere? Mm-hmm. If so, where? You know, we'll give you the OKC tra- treatment. We'll give you the Presti treatment. Where do you want to go, bud? Where do you want to go? <laughs> and but, but again, now we're on a time crunch. Mm-hmm. Now, again, wh- where's the leverage for the Phoenix Suns with that? Mm. And with Chris Paul. Yeah. And that's the key. It comes back to what you said, Gerald, I think, which is as much as the Suns probably know he's the most valuable to them out of any team, he's probably smart enough to know the same thing. Who Who's mm. knocking down doors to get Chris Paul based on what we've seen this season and the fact that his contract is effectively over after this year if you want it to be. Mm. There's not really a... Like, anywhere he goes, I kind of think of it, DeJounte Murray last summer when he got traded... The only player in that deal was Danilo Gallinari. People might not even remember he was in it because he got cut right away. <laughs> right. It was just salary. Yep. And I don't mean to say like that's crazy to say about a Hall of Famer, or point guard, whatever, that Chris Paul would be just salary. But I kind of think that's how other teams would be thinking of him. He's just the the money part of the trade. Maybe they keep him, but it's really what else is, is changing hands when you're talking about Van Vliet or something else. And I think Chris Paul's smart enough to know that his best situation is probably not going as money to some other team. Mm-hmm. It's to stay <laughs> See what you can do with the Suns. And so I doubt he's going to make a fuss because that would make his situation worse. You, yeah. you know, there's one guy that when he heard CP3's name mentioned, his ears perked up. LeBron's going, uh, I couldn't get Kyrie. Uh, anyway, we could get CP, which well, ain't going to happen. You know how he could play with CP? Enforce a trade this yes, summer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's start that one because last summer wasn't fun enough. Look, uh, I do want to say one. I do want to say one last thing before we move on from the Chris Paul stuff because I obviously people who have been watching the show or reading my work from the last week know how I feel about Kyrie Irving, but <laughs> this will be the last time that I have to talk about Kyrie Irving, and I'm so thankful for that Still because that playoff series. <laughs> don't, 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 don't speak that into existence. Until he drops 40, like two blocks from him. <laughs> yeah, God bless. Right? Because even if you're willing to overlook the flatter stuff, the anti-vaccine conspiracies, the promotion of a deeply anti-Semitic documentary, which is a major obstacle to begin with, we should know. Just a little. A little yeah. bit. He's now forced his way off his last three teams. He told an arena full of Boston fans that he would be back if they would have him and was gone within the year. He forced his way off a LeBron James team that had just won a title. Now he recruited Kevin Durant to Brooklyn 
and forced not only James Harden out, but forced his own way out. He's missed nearly as many games as he has played in the last three and a half years. And like a lot of that is because of the whole sitting out thing, which is honestly worse because at least you can't help when injuries happen to you. This guy willingly made a dumb choice to sit out and hurt his team. So I am so glad that the Suns, A, did not invest resources in this guy and B, will not have to worry about re-signing him to a four-year, 198 million dollar deal when he's a 31 year old restrict unrestricted free agent who hasn't been past the second round since 2017 like i know people wanted a superstar here next to devin booker but god bless if you were willing to sell it all in this faustian kind of bargain for kyrie irving you can't be helped i'm so glad that Worst they did not trade for kyrie ever <laughs> <laughs> i think that is a perfect uh cap to the kyrie uh conversation and that's why i changed my mind because <laughs> uh, Gerald was real Gerald angry, was really passionate about it, and I was a little scared. Uh, let's take a look at some of our super chats here. Uh, from Boosty says, Awesome for Darth and Brandon to join the show. Do you guys think it was Brandon. worth having Book out given McHale's ascension? And do you think McHale can sustain this play with Book's return? I put my name on the podcast I know, screen. I every, know. It happens to Brandon show, so right much. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Oh, I appreciate say, you. Um, did I read it as Brandon? Too? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. you were just well, reading. You did read there, it, but I appreciate. I can barely <laughs> read that too at my age. So. You're the new like Saban. They call him Saban. We're <laughs> going to call you Brendan. Brendan. What do you think about Mikhail? I, I think you're whoever said earlier that there might be an adjustment period on Tuesday night. I think. We saw what it was when Chris came back even, and they were kind of like, wait a second. Do you ha- do you hold the ball now, or do <laughs> I? It's just going to be another another guy in that mix. It's it's for the better, but I could imagine it taking a few games. It's going to be the Spider-Man meme, and they're all just pointing at each other. <laughs> huh? no, 25 I mean, points per game on all of the three it, bodies. It, it was yeah. one of the biggest blessings in disguise that this, this franchise needed because we all knew what Mikhail Bridges was on defense, second in you know Defensive Player of the Year voting last year. His defense has digressed some this year, but that's okay. This is the regular season. I don't care anymore. Like, mm-hmm. let's just get to the playoffs and allowing him the opportunity to run Booker's sets, to to score, to be a scorer, to learn how to be a scorer, to learn how to take the tough shots. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing James Jones said when we had that meeting on Brightside Night. He said, you know, Mikhail Bridges, his whole career has been told, take the right shot and live with the results. Now he's been in a situation where he's learning how to take the tough shots. and He's become comfortable with the tough shots. So it's going to do nothing but benefit this team moving forward. Yes, there will be an adjustment period for a couple weeks. But outside of that, this is nothing but fantastic for this team moving forward. Completely agree. And to your point about him taking and living with the results of big shots late in games, uh, in 2022 this season, he had scored 17 points on 5 of 15 shooting and was a minus 26 in crunch time. The Suns went 5 and 10. Smaller sample size since January 1st, but since then, 16 points, 7 of 14 shooting, and a plus 22 in that time. Suns are 5 and 3. So he is not only, you know, taking those shots, but he's making them at a higher clip, and the Suns are having better team success during a stretch where they were still very injured um, and didn't have their number one guy who normally takes those shots. So there will definitely be an adjustment. I'm curious to see who gives and who takes in that equation. Um, and again, we've said this multiple times. We need to see Mikhail play like this in the playoffs as well. But like you said, like this couldn't have come at a better time with Booker out. Um, it could be a blessing in disguise if he's able to harness this confidence and aggression and keep it. Um, and it just makes them better in the long run. By the way, Bootsy uh, gave another super chat saying, Brendan. So he, 
Morty in the chat uh, said, or super chat says, Gur spot on in a CP3 take. Watch out, NBA. We'll find out soon enough. Is that a, fi- is that a Finnish flag? What is that? Uh, I believe it was Nor- uh, Norway. Norway. Looks Norway. like Norway. Yeah. Uh, and then Andrew with the super chat uh, says, uh, is. Is that a way to get KD without giving up? Uh, is there a way to give uh, get KD without giving up main stars? No, probably not. That's the easy. That's the easy. You answer. want a star? You know, you yeah. got to give up some stars. Yeah, you're not you're not getting something for nothing. That's not the way it works. By the way, on, on a normal day, that would be everything we have to talk about. Yeah, this is not <laughs> this is chaos. normal day. This is complete chaos. We still have two more topics, uh, gentlemen. But the great part about it. Mm-hmm. Even though we're going to have to sit here for what probably will be like an hour and a half, unless something else breaks and it'll be two, three hours. Please no. Is more furniture. <laughs> These chairs are immensely comfortable, mm-hmm. and Why? and we get to sit in them. Thanks to our friends <laughs> at More Furniture. Uh, you know, is there anything? I I mean, I know a lot of people around here have gotten new homes and had to buy furniture uh, recently, and and they've been doing it with More Furniture. I just got a new a new bed, which was nice, mm. uh, and. And the people over at More Furniture took care of us. White glove delivery is spectacular. Uh, we received it for our office. You can get it uh, when you buy more furniture. That means they take care of everything. Like They don't leave behind, oh, here's the garbage that was left from it. They don't just throw in your furniture and leave, say, hey, your problem now. Mm. They take care of everything. Like yeah. literally with white gloves? With white <laughs> up to the elbows. You ever Whoa, see those no. debutante gloves? I was imagining Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, oh, the, those two. That's okay. an extra charge, though. Disney yeah. charges extra. Uh, so you fancy. I am. I am. Uh, you can get that and much more. Go to morefurniture.com and save big on the best furniture in the Valley. And then Underdog Fantasy. I don't know if you guys uh, have played Underdog Fantasy, but for me, it's my favorite way to do fantasy sports now. I'm terrible at season-long fantasy, mostly because I'm lazy, and in particular in basketball and baseball, I don't check my lineup. Uh, I, I Football, we once a week, We love having you in our league. We love having an expo in our league. In fact, you're joining one of my fantasy oh, football perfect. leagues. This is good to know. Oh, well, fantasy football, I'm better at. Okay. You can look once a week, and uh, yeah, I've won a few championships there. Mm-hmm. But I... Uh, I'm terrible at the other ones. And what I love about underdogs, you can play daily fantasy mm-hmm. where one roster, you, you pick it, or you can play best ball, which is, you know, here's my roster and whoever had the best stats, you don't have to set a lineup. That's your score. I love that. And my personal favorite with it is they have a pick them game where you can go higher or lower on things. Super simple. You can If you pick five uh, different categories, five different players, higher or lower, you can win up to 20 times your money. I want $1,000 doing that so i love underdog fantasy and if you want to that's how you got the white gloves yeah, yeah. i mean I, I am fancy is what i said hello, hello in the chat was saying espo bragging about how much money he has he can afford a bed <laughs> i can when you started I'm talking fancy. about like oh you guys are buying houses i was like you guys are buying houses <laughs> i said other people yeah. here i was shoot for bed i didn't say i bought i just got the house we're the millers you guys are buying houses well if you play underdog fantasy and you play well you might be able to get that house. There we Jay, go. And pay for that wedding as well. <laughs> you gotta you gotta change that promo. It's gotta be like, are you lazy? Do you love fantasy? Underdog fantasy. Use promo code PHNX. Attaboy. And you can uh, and underdog will match your first deposit 
up to 100 bucks. All you got to do is go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. And again, use that promo code PHNX when you sign up. Uh, guys, like I said, there's much more to talk Let's about. Let's go. Let's go. The trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um, mere the hours, uh, days. I don't know anymore. Technically it, hours. It, yeah. it, We're it in the hours watch. Like, I mean, I feel like we could just do a show between now and when the deadline and never stop, and we'd have enough. I'm just glad there's been no Have you seen on uh, ESPN the counter? They've they had it going it? from like 150 hours down. <laughs> oh, man. The second Kyrie got mentioned, they're like, put the counter up. Yeah. People need <laughs> to know. It's, it's We're happening. all sick. It's okay. Uh, so, so obviously a few deals have gone down, but we expect it to be quite crazy over the next few days. And we expect the Suns, at the very least – to make a Jay Crowder trade. Uh, before we get into some hypothetical trades that we want your thoughts on, is there anybody in particular you'd like to see the Suns uh, go after? Brendan, why don't we start with you? I think any of the Raptors players still interests me, uh, mm-hmm. despite the the Brooklyn Nets imploding in front of our eyes and, and changing a lot of things. I think OG Ananobi, I've talked about, would would be you know your 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 supercharged Jay Crowder role. And I really like the look that that would give you with Mikhail Bridges taking a step forward. I think Pascal Siakam is is kind of the the pie in the sky answer. I, I still don't have a read on if anyone is actually going to be able to get him from Toronto. Um, and even Fred Van Vliet, who came up when we were talking about Chris Paul a bit ago, I think as a as an answer post CP, I could even see them three working a little bit together. It's not perfect if you were able to do that. He makes sense. Sons love, I guess, 5'11", 5'10", point guards if, if you were to come here. But any of those three guys, I still have my eye on for sure. So you don't believe in the trade reaper, is what you're saying? He's a, <laughs> he doesn't he's fear the reaper. He's killed a few of those already. So. I have yeah. to entertain what's out there. And, well, we, we, can, we can measure afterwards. Right. We, we can be yeah, honest. Talon's not here anymore, so we can talk. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> Boy, no, what do you you know, it, it's tough because I hear a lot of the Raptors things, and, and I look at some of the proposed assets that would have to be moved in an effort to make that happen mm-hmm. i look at james jones's history and i he seems like a very simplistic kind of guy like he doesn't do the 2k trades mm-hmm. uh so i look at there's one guy i really want as a part of this team and i think he's attainable seeing as his contract is is not that much and that and that's kyle kuzma like i'm mm-hmm. part of did the reaper kill that one did Gamble kill that I one yet? I don't think I, he has. I can't remember. I, I can't keep track it's of tough. it. It's tough. There's right? too many the body dead bodies. Yeah, there's a lot of dead bodies to like, climb over. Yeah. There's different mediums, audio, yes. and tweets. <laughs> yes. So it's impossible. Which one carries more weight? I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I, like, I'm really a fan of Kyle Kuzma. I think that you can get him for a deal that makes sense for both parties where we're not giving up. You know, when you talk about OG Ananobi, like, I would love to see OG Ananobi on this team. But they're like, you know, we're, we're leveraging like our entire future and, and you know, like and Cam Johnson might have to be in the deal. And there's all these other pieces that it's just I, I don't know. I just don't see that. I don't see James Jones getting too intricate. Uh, one of the things I asked him, I asked him if he ever goes on to 2K and plugs in players like Kyle Kuzma on a trade on the trade thing and then mm. sims the season to see how it works out. Yeah. And the question went right over his head. He's like, two what? He's like, he's like, <laughs> get this guy out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Security. That's how we Security. all feel a lot of the time. I know. Right? Did you see his white legs? Fact, actually, actually, uh, those things. Right here. He's right here. He's right here. <laughs> Gerald, I, I mean, I know some of these fake trades we're going to go through are yours. Look, man, I drove myself so crazy. Great. I drove myself crazy over the last week coming up with these fake trades. And, uh, I I do like the Raptors targets. I still am very I look, I think Jordan Clarkson has been overrated by a lot of 
Suns fans who want him here, but if you throw in Jared Vanderbilt with him, I'm I don't care. I'm fucking great with it. There we go. Um, but I I do agree. Like I I like OG Ananobi. Um, I like Pascal Siakam. I'm not as sold on Fred Van Vliet. Um, but we can we can dive into some hypotheticals because oh, there I are so many. I can't give mine. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Jeez, I just, <laughs> just gonna go right past me. I see how it is. For me, I, I feel like we're in a baller on a budget mode right now, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, because Big you, Daddy Ishpia is about to come in with the with the suitcase. Well, he full just of bought money. a new bed. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, for me, I I feel like we're on a collision course for somebody like uh, D'Angelo Russell, a guy that's on that expiring <laughs> that you can get for your expirings and see if it can help. Uh, find a guy that can can score off the bench and be like, look, we did something. Mm-hmm. I feel like that may be more of the collision course we're on. I have big dreams. I would love a lot of these guys, but uh, again, years of being here in this town have just made me believe, <laughs> expect less, and then expect even less mm-hmm. after you've done that. And then you're not so, disappointed. It's true. Yeah. Aim low and uh, you, won't be, <laughs> you won't be disappointed. Let's play around of who says no, though. Let's do it. Okay. Do you want me to introduce some? Okay, uh, yeah, go for, for it. First one, I want to ask you guys. Brought up Toronto, we've got Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. coming to the Suns, and the Raptors receive Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, DeAndre Ayton, and three first-round picks. Uh, they're one of them is a top three protected in 2028. Who says no on this, gentlemen? I do. <laughs> I think Toronto says no. Yeah, I think they do too. You think so? I've been using the Donovan Mitchell deal as kind of a, a baseline for okay. pa- not a baseline, a template. For so Pascal. is every other GM. So. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Donovan's like three, two, three years younger than Pascal. Probably a better player overall, you would say. But that had you know a rookie and three picks and two swaps, I believe, and the salary. This has. Aiton, who would kind of be the young player, but I honestly think they would ask for more with regard to picks in my and you're getting Trent, who might be a first round right. pick in and of himself. So it, it is interesting though, because you see the chat and we've got a lot of Suns fans saying no from the Suns perspective, which <laughs> Yeah, one of them said no because of Dario though. So keep well, that I mean, in mind. come on, well, Dario's a national wrong. treasure. He's <laughs> not wrong. Um, but no, I I think honestly both sides might say no. Um can we make this I like clear? This. this wasn't my trade. The chat's going at me. Oh, these Come are, on, Spo. The, all of these except for one are mine. And, and bear in mind, these are all a thought exercise. These are not me saying this is what the sun should do. This is me saying this is kind of the general framework of what might work and kind of like a baseline and you go from there. Like, like Brendan said, I think including Trent in here, the three first round picks might not be enough. If you If you could find a way to make the math work without Trent, maybe you're closer there. Um, but people need to understand, and Brendan actually wrote a good article about this. I think it was last week, uh, about Siakam people saying he's inconsistent and whatnot. He's being the number one guy on a team with guys that don't really like each other. And he's still putting up like a 27, six, eight stat line or whatever it is. Like he's legitimately good and you wouldn't need him to be your number one guy here. He'd be your number two with book. He plugs a lot of holes defensively. Like he's a good player. I get not wanting to give up eight and three first rounders for him, though. What, what I like about this is it showcases to all the people who are very pro Siakam what it would cost to get Siakam here. Mm-hmm. And in the eyes of the Raptors, I don't know if necessarily it's enough, as you as you both have mentioned. Mm-hmm. If Siakam comes here in this deal, 
do Suns fans all of a sudden start treating him like DeAndre Ayton because he's the guy who got traded for DeAndre Ayton? It's like, we gave up a first overall pick for him. He <laughs> doesn't a, dunk. Probably. I think it'll be we gave up three first round Well, that's what it is. Guy is what it would turn into and a former number one. And, uh, and again, how attractive is this? If, if you are the Phoenix Suns and you're trading away in an effort to try to get better with Pascal Siakam and Gary, Gary Trent Jr., mm. those picks aren't lottery picks. Well, that's potentially your hope, yeah. right. that's your hope. So that does that makes it less attractive for Toronto. For me, I like it, but I look at it and I go, okay, how are you feeling that hole at center? Do you really feel good about Biz? Well, okay. <laughs> if, if I'm told there's a subsequent Twade, if there's a subsequent trade that brings in Jakob Pertle, then yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, maybe mm. this. Can work, but I think right. this leaves you with a pretty big hole, mm. uh, in particular, uh, you know, on, on defense. And we all talk about Jokic is a guy you're going to have to go through. And while DA doesn't stop him, he makes him work harder than anybody else usually does. He makes him have the rest of the team beat him. Right. Yeah. That's where I've run into with any Siakam deal from a Suns perspective. And the article that I wrote that Gerald referenced was kind of just like, Siakam's awesome for any team. It wasn't even a Suns-related article, and I do think he's worth a package like that, but I've thought about it from the Suns' standpoint. You're either banking on a separate thing with Crowder resulting in a center coming back or somebody that you're going to have to buy out, or you're sort of taking a step back this season in terms of fit with the roster. And I don't know if that's tenable. I don't know if that's worth it, if mm -hmm. that's what it ends up being. So this is a, eh, probably both sides say no in the end. Uh I think when so. we're looking at it, our next one, who says no? The Suns received Jeremy Grant. The Blazers received Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, and two first-round picks, 2024 and a 2026, which is a top 10 protected. Okay, so this one, the basis for this, this was in my kind of outside-the-box trade targets. He's not an outside-the-box trade target, but you look at the Blazers, they're obviously trying to get better. But Brian Windhorst speculated, I think last week, Keep an eye on Jeremy Grant in Portland. If he doesn't sign an extension by deadline week, teams are going to sniff there. So that is why we are sniffing here because <laughs> Jeremy Grant has been fantastic for the Blazers this season. Um, I think a couple of Blazers fans got a little excited about the all-star talk with him, but he's been really good and he's been in kind of that second or third role. Um, you know, I know there were questions when he was still in Detroit, like would he be okay with being a third or fourth option again the answer in Portland has been yes, and that's been on a team that is like around 500, maybe below 500. Um, so I would love to have him here. He's defensively great at the four. He can shoot. He can score. He's he's kind of honed in on that scoring ability during his time with the Pistons. And yes, he was the number one option on a terrible team, but like Bojan Bogdanovic is the same thing right now, and teams are going to throw picks at him. So uh, I would love to have Jeremy Grant here and in this deal you're basically just giving up expirings and two firsts it does kind of take you out of pursuit of a future superstar though which would be my only qualm but if you're trying to win a title this year this is a move that you might realistically be able to make and help you yeah I and and I want to hear what you guys think too but for me I'm sick of hearing you got to hold on to this for Kevin. a pie in the sky, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant. a superstar that may or may not become available, that you may or may not have the best deal for. If you have an opportunity to get significantly better now and put yourself in uh, a potential title favorite spot in a in, in a league that is full of parity right now, mm. I would much rather see you do that 
and go for it. Because as we know, in Phoenix, the championship windows are few and far between, and they don't open that wide. Mm -hmm. So if you have a chance to kick it open a little bit further, you probably should take that chance. Well, how long have we been waiting? Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, like the CP3 thing, I get it, but like he traded himself here. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, after the bubble and spend time around Devin Booker. So it's like, how long have we truly been waiting for the Suns to go out and land somebody who, to your point, Espo, makes us significantly better? Like, I'm tired of putting in downtown Phoenix banners of LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, like, so I, I, hey, I really, those were the dark days. I know, right? but like that, we even then, like we've been trying to get out of this funk and we've been trying to get somebody here who, you know, to your point, drastically helps the team. I love that trade. Mm. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Portland says no. Mm. Um, Cause I mean, they walk away with draft capital and I go back to my previous conversation in theory, those aren't great lottery picks mm. uh, because you're doing the same thing. If they know, if they know that they are not going to keep Jeremy Grant, right? All right, that he's not going to resign, right? He's an expiring, he's a UFA this upcoming offseason. You want you want something that is better than nothing, mm -hmm. right? So it comes down to leverage within their organization, knowing how they're going to operate. If that's the case, then yeah, they're going to shop them. But the question I have is, is that the best thing that they can get for him? Right. Probably not. There's other teams out there who can offer expirings as well with higher draft capital. I mean. The OKC's got 7,000 picks. Mm. New Orleans <laughs> got 7,000 picks. I could see him being a, a Pelican by the end of the week. Yeah. And they could offer like a young player, which in this deal, the Suns are obviously not, which is why for the people wondering why two firsts, because you're giving them Dario Scharch and Jay Crowder. Yes. Like, <laughs> you're giving the them values of the picks. <laughs> I mean, that's all you're giving them. Got to be uh, nice to have end. him here, though. It would. Mm. It would be. I have two things on this trade. I think from the Portland standpoint, the move for them is to trade Simons, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. okay. I think they're kind of stuck with Jeremy Grant where – It'd be hard to upgrade from him, which mm. is exactly why I think this trade looks the way it does from a Sun standpoint is who are you going to trade Grant for that's better than Grant? And they want to win. Whereas with Simons, you probably can get a better player since he's young and he's already cost controlled and it's not a max deal. It's a pretty decent contract for Simons. That would be the upgrade I could see them doing if they really wanted to get aggressive. This would feel a little bit like intentionally getting worse. Mm -hmm. And then Cam Johnson to me, is the other part of this. He's not in that deal, but is Grant better enough than Cam to disrupt whatever that commitment that they made to him was last summer, which led to the Jay Crowder thing and all the rest? Mm -hmm. Like, are you going to slot? Is Grant good enough that you can, like, get away with, he's going to be our starter now. Cam, you're going back to the bench. I don't know if he's quite at that. Durant is, or, you know, some right. of these other guys. <laughs> Pascal is, but are the other, is, is Grant? I don't know. This is when we get real saucy is in this next one. Mm. Suns received Jordan Clarkson and Jared Vanderbilt. The yes. Jazz received Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, and two first-round picks, 2024 and 2026, top 10 protected. I'm going to start here. I think the Jazz say no unless you remove that protection on that pick. Okay. What if you moved it up to this year's pick in 2025 instead? I, I think they would say, yeah. look – it's going to come down to draft picks is what they want and, mm. and to feel good about it. So I think any protection is probably going to going to scare them off of it because they can get unprotected picks from other people, I think. Yeah, and I think most of the reporting has been when it comes to Clarkson, Vanderbilt, Mike Conley, and Malik Beasley, Danny Ainge wants one first-round pick per dude. As like, that's mm. where he, that's what he wants. The Conley thing is yeah. silly. <laughs> the on Conley that, thing, but, that's, yeah. that's a stretch for me, but I can see it for Clarkson. I can see it for Vando, and I can see it for Beasley. Uh, this deal, I mean, we've talked a lot about not having a reliable ball handler or shot creator off the bench behind, you know, CP3, Book, Mikhail now. 
Uh, Vando plugs a lot of holes defensively for me. He's a guy that you, if you need to go with a small ball lineup, he can be your small ball five. Good defender, would help with the rebounding. And again, you're giving up expiring, so that's why there's the two first-round picks. But, John, I'm sure, because you brought this up before, the value of these picks to the Jazz maybe not as high as what they can get from another team. I completely agree. And again, that's, you know, the beautiful thing about what the Suns have is we have, we're the only team in the NBA has control of all of our picks. Mm. The bad thing is we're good, right? And I'm okay with that. You know, it's like those aren't, now again, 2026, who knows? That's true. You know, so that's the, that is that's the appeal of these. on. We could yeah, suck, we could you suck in three years, you know? So, you know, you can't really, it's hard to leverage the future like that in hoping that a team is going to find that attractive. Mm. My question are, are the Jazz sellers? Do we think they're sellers? What, 27 and 27, right? Yeah. They're like a 500 team. Like, yeah. So they're teetering. I they, think they, they could be both, right? They, I mean, they, they, they can have, right now, they yeah. They can get rid of some of their players and still keep like Markkanen and the, the guys that are really driving that success. I think that's the benefit of how they how their roster ended up when they traded the two guys they did last summer. I'm curious to, to, to a similar question, though. Vanderbilt was like off limits last summer because mm-hmm. we heard his mm-hmm. name with the mm-hmm. Suns in, yeah. the, in a potential Bogdanovich trade. And then it was like, no, 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 no. Vanderbilt to no. And then it's like he's showing up on, like I think Mark Stein said he's the one of the most likely players to get traded. How did we get here where they, they were like so holding well, on to him and now he's available? How does the Jazz get where they're at in general, though? They're 27 <laughs> and 27 when they were trying to punch a ticket for Wemby. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a big part yeah. of it. Is it just Getting turned worse out to, sounds yeah, a little nicer yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And it was very confusing as to you know, what they were really trying to accomplish and whatnot. Uh and, and you look at it, and there's other guys who have who have stepped up there that I think it makes it more palatable to go, okay, we can we can mortgage one of these guys for another pick and and make it more palatable for us. Yeah. Again, I would love that trade. I would absolutely love that trade if if we could make that happen. But right, and and I see people in the chat saying, though, these are band aids or these are not game changers. Where's the game changer trade? Because if it's not Pascal, if it's not OG. And even the people would dispute OG being a game-changing trade. Like who? I know everyone wants Kevin Durant. The likelihood that he is dealt before Thursday is like less than one percent. But and it's twofold here. We've talked about it on this program, and uh, you know, you have to get something for these expirings. Yes, mm-hmm. because you lose that cap space. Mm-hmm. As I go into prepubescent squeaking, <laughs> you lose that cap space. Like uh, uh, you lose the cap space if you do nothing with with these expirings. So you have to find something. And I don't understand why Suns fans are such pleasure delayers, right? We waited 10 years to get any winning, and now it's like, we should really hold off here. I don't know, but we should really hold off and not make a move. Like, no, make it. Well, we, we, need, we need to have realistic expectations, too. Like, right. you look at the roster at the front end of the season. And you asked anybody, it's like, okay, you know, a- after all the Kevin Durant dust settled like a monsoon storm, right? Mm-hmm. And you looked at the roster, and you're all right, well, what do we need? And it, it was, we need to get marginally better in different areas of the roster. And that's what the the hopes of this trade deadline are going to be, is mm-hmm. getting marginally better while getting rid of those expirings. It's mm-hmm. it's It's got to be twofold. We're not going to get Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. okay? Le- Le- LeBron James trade, it's not going to happen. Like, you can sit there, it, like, these things aren't going to happen. You have to accept what reality is. And then move on from there. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, 
Suns fans, as us podcasters know, yes, <laughs> Suns fans, ourselves included, sometimes no sometimes live in the fantasy land. Well, as we talk about more fake trades. All right, Yay! so tell me, more fantasy land. <laughs> they live in a fantasy yeah. land. We're being realistic. We're, we're, we're just doing our job. Damn it. Yeah, I want to hear this uh, next one. The next one. Uh, who says no? The Suns get OG Ananobi, and the Raptors receive Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, two first round picks uh, in twenty twenty four. And a 2026 lottery protected. Nobody says no. Yeah. Make it happen, James. <laughs> yes. Let's go, champ. I, I like this trade. I do too. I do think people, like, I really like Cam Johnson, but man, OG is the real deal two ways. Like, he, I don't know, man, he would be, he would plug so many holes defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, Mikhail and OG on the same defense is unfair. And then you throw, like, Tory Craig into the mix and, and an all-wing lineup. Oh man, you could go small with him at the five if if DA is struggling or whatever or in foul trouble, or if you just want to use that as an advantage by going small. Like he, it, it takes some of the pressure defensively off uh, yes. Aiton as well when they're mm-hmm. playing together. And yes. Mikhail, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that really yeah. sold me on it is because, like I said, you're looking at OG as sort of like an, a super powered version of what Jay Crowder was for this team before he went on a vacation in Atlanta and. The reason I feel comfortable about that, despite going into this season, us feeling like they needed such a big upgrade is if you can take some pressure off of what Mikhail has to do defensively, I think you're getting you're you're banking on a better version of him offensively as a result yep. of that. I mean, how many times have we like watched Josh Akogi do that and felt like they're onto something here? And obviously Akogi has his problems. That's why he's not been able to actually stay on the floor and do it. Mm. But somebody who could with OG, I mean, Man, yeah, I, I'm all in on this one. I agree with Cam. Somebody on, in the comments on my show said, we don't need any more injured players. <laughs> that was their analysis, and I'm like, I can't argue with that yeah, part. Yeah, OG I mean, is I, a health risk. But so is Cam Johnson. Yes. Right? It's not, uh, and to me, are the Suns really going to give him the contract extension? Are, are, are mm. they going to invest big dollars in Cam Johnson this offseason? Because... I don't think Cam Johnson's going to move off of what he wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I understand he'll realize, hey, there's another injury, but he's not going to move up off what he wanted. Now, maybe Matt Ishby is willing to pay that, but to me, you use him and you bring in somebody that you feel a little bit more confident in, that you you feel like, okay, I've seen more of what this guy can be. I like what he could be mm-hmm. next to McHale. And if you feel that OG's that guy – this is the kind of deal to go in on. I'm, 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 of all these, this is probably the one I'm most uh, excited about. It, it appears that the entire Cameron Johnson fan club showed up in the chat today. <laughs> they do not like it. Uh, everybody's <laughs> saying no, hell no, no. Cam is better than OG. I, I, I don't think so. I like, don't think Cam is better than OG. I, don't. I understand the inclination to believe Cam can be because mm-hmm. he's such a sharpshooter, and he we haven't been able to see him in the starting lineup so all we have to go off of is this like 67 minute sample size where he's been lights out Mm -hmm. but i i don't know isn't he isn't og also younger i think i think by a year or something and and he's a two-way player yeah and he's a two-way player and i think it's to your point about the expiring contracts a little bit too the best front offices roll over assets so you Mm -hmm. have to be keeping in mind whether you're going to keep cam johnson or not and how committed to that cause you are and if you're not you should be thinking about trading him right now so yeah. you can roll that over. Maybe it's not the best version of rolling it over, but it's better than nothing. And the best teams, it pays off because down the line, 
wow, we're in position now to make X trade that we wouldn't have been able to if we had a roster like the Lakers, which is very top-heavy, very bottom-heavy, and nothing in the middle. Well, you got to keep that momentum. The other thing, guess what? If you acquire OG, you can then trade him again in this offseason if you decide that's not what you want to go long-term. And exactly. I think that for most, he's a more interesting uh, you know, trade option than a sign-and-trade with Cam Johnson yeah. in the offseason. Mm -hmm. yes. So then you give yourself additional flexibility if you want to go big game hunting or wherever it is this offseason. That's what intrigues me about that. So here's my question. All right. So it sounds like all of us are saying yes to this one, right? Yes. So my question is, if Toronto says no, would you throw in another first round pick? Is no, he worth three no. first round picks? Is that not? Is that the breaking point? Not with Cam included. I'd have a real hard time with that. Even with two, like I, I'm a rationally a big Cam Johnson guy. I have a hard time with the two. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would probably say. Yeah, I, I put that. it as like it's it's three picks or Cam and two picks. I, I think yeah, that, gotcha. that's kind of. I think Cam is is one of the first round picks, I, and I, then you're kind of looking at four if it's three <laughs> plus him. Yeah, no, very true. And I know that No Dunks had put out something very similar to that right there, mm -hmm. and it said three first round picks. I, same thing. But when I saw two, I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I can, I can get like, on for that. Why do our brains do that? We're that's, like, sure. And yeah. then it's like, well, one, one more. more no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Because now you've traded more than half the picks you can. Yeah, that's where the brain goes. It's just comparing to the other deals that have happen yeah. where it's like hold on we're looking at like you know donovan mitchell versus og and anobi <laughs> throwing a second round pick swap yeah. <laughs> sean do we have the three team deal we do sean's behind the mac let's pull up uh the three team deal here that we uh that we had done we have a well. couple yeah so oh there <laughs> so we've got the suns getting yaka purtle from the spurs <laughs> we got pascal siakam and gary trent from the raptors spurs are getting dario and two first rounders in 2023 and 2029 and then the Raptors are receiving Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, and a first-round pick in 2026, I think that says. We could we could potentially need to throw a second-rounder or a second first-round pick on the Raptors deal. Thoughts on the <laughs> ultimate chaos this, that the chat is, is about to break out of. This oh is the God. one that I created. I like to call this the full Bourget because I had to get Jakob Pertle <laughs> yes. here in Phoenix, uh, and and this felt like the most chaotic way to do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I love it and I hate it. Like this is a beautiful trade on two K. It's, it's yeah. the Espo kind of move. It, it is. It's you know, I just like we talk about organic chemistry with this team, and you're giving up Cam Johnson, you're giving up DeAndre Ayton. You're leveraging some of your future, and you're hoping that everything that you just brought in sticks and works well together for the remainder of a season in which we're getting healthy and, and we're we're trending upwards. I just don't know if it's necessarily something that uh, uh, I would get behind. Mm -hmm. I'm I, not a huge Jakob Pertle guy either. That's no? just me. That's oh, just me. Okay. You two are going to I know. I know. <laughs> you know, me, I know. Dude, in his defense, Jakob's like, rim protection defense has not you been guys as good. You on a first name basis? Yes. You call are. him by his. <laughs> yeah, by his and that's exactly <laughs> why I'm not a huge fan. It's his rim protecting defense. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought it was because he and Gerald were on a first name basis. <laughs> I mean, it would be great him. to have him here because of, like, you know, the fan base, you know, Pertle Turtles and all kinds <laughs> of, like, nicknames you come up with them and such. Yeah. It'd be great for content, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I can't get there. I'm terrified that the Celtics are going to get him at the deadline and become a force. Like that's exactly that's, what that's they a need depth to. move. That's a depth move I'm dreading. Um, but no, this is just spitballing some three team deals. I had Jakob as the framework in a lot of them um, because I do think we've talked about this before on the show. I don't think the Suns are a team that wants to be committing long term money, max money to DeAndre Ayton the way that they are. I think that they look around the league and see the Warriors just won a championship with. 
Kevon Looney mm-hmm. as their starting center. You don't need a max starting center to win. Um, so if you have a guy that's just a replacement level starter or just slightly above average good at that spot and you're paying him, you know, 10, 15 million, you can get away with that. Um, so that's kind of the framework for this. And you get Siakam and a shooter in Trent to replace the Cam Johnson thing. But it's it is chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> it's chaos. I, I just think that I mean, any it, I mean, it's it's what I said would have to happen if they if they went and got Siakam, right? Because you, you're having you're in a bind where unless you're going to play him at the five out of position like he has been in Toronto, which I think has led to some of the problems that he's that he's run into this season. You got to find the center as well if Aiton's going out in the trade. And so I don't know if it all happens in one deal, but I do think something like that where multiple things domino from a Toronto trade mm-hmm. is realistic. And Pirtle's mm-hmm. probably one of the better centers out there. I like Nas Reed. I don't think he's quite a five, mm-hmm. but those are the types of names you'd have to look at as a center to, to backfill if you sent Aiton out. I feel like that deal is we aren't quite sure we're really that good this year but we want to set ourselves up for next year to be be really in the mix. I feel like that if you do that it's we hope it all comes together in gels this year, but we're really looking to to next year as as being a year that we we make a make a run. Uh, I, I believe we have one more. We have three more. We have yes. Three more. Oh, we have three more. Buckle up, boys. These, uh, more furniture seats haven't gotten this much action <laughs> in a long time. Let's uh, let's pull up the next trade here. Do we have a preference on which one it nah, is? Just random, whatever you want, Sean. All right. Yes. So we had mentioned Kuzma earlier, yes. John. The Suns get Kyle Kuzma and Denny Avdija, and the Wizards get Dario Saric, John Collins, a first-round pick from the Suns. This year's pick. The Hawks get Jay Crowder, Will Barton, and a first-round pick from the Suns in 2025. Who's looks good in those shorts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> those are some funky-looking uniforms they have there. They are. The ones Pretty that are, nice. like, all, all pink, and then they kind of have the, the, the blue transition. It's a nice I believe view. it's called ombre. Ombre. Yeah. Ombre. Yeah. Fade. Well, I like, uh, yeah. But I, let's do this one, right, Brandon? I think I say no because I want John what? Collins on the Suns oh, okay. no. in this deal. Okay, uh, I say I, yes because I don't. <laughs> I think I would rather uh, – I don't know about rather. I like him at maybe equal to Kuzma. And so the idea of Collins moving hands in the Suns traded him not ending up here would just be sad to me. Okay. Gerald, let me say this to you. You beautiful bastard who figured out a way to actually make a deal that I like – from all three stands. Yeah, this yes. is okay. a good one. It's like a win-win-win. Right. Okay. Which is why it won't happen. Which is why it'll <laughs> never happen. Um, yeah, my thinking was, like, in this deal, you need the Wizards to get not just a pick for Kuzma because they want to continue pretending like they're not a team that needs to bottom out and blow it all up. <laughs> but they also get John Collins, who is a guy who is actually under contract, so they don't have to worry about that with Kristaps Porzingis being a free agent this summer. They're paying him a little bit more than probably they would like to in that scenario, but... You know, Kuzma's going to command probably similar money when he opts out. Um, And then the Hawks, like, you know, they get Jay Crowder. They don't get a ton, but they do get a first for John Collins, which is kind of his market, I feel like, at this point. I feel like they might say no because they seem to think Collins is better, worth more. And I think that's why they haven't dealt him yet is because they've probably gotten offers like this and their value of him is inflated Mm. and they're too married to it. I I think if Collins was available for something like this, he wouldn't be a a hawk still. No, you're 100% right. They they paid him all that money and they're like, well, this is what he's worth. It's like, well, no, that's what you think he's worth. Right. That's what the league thinks he's worth. And the league's been saying that for two years now. Yeah, sign me up for this all day long. So essentially we get rid of two picks, Darius Arch, Jay Crowder, and we get Kyle Kuzma and Denny Advia. 
Abdija. I always Abdiya. mess up his name, yeah. but I think it's. We, I, I can't, can't wait sure to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't <laughs> wait to learn it. Can't wait for Cole uh, to put that pronunciation guide yeah. in the media. We would have two DAs on the same team. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. And low key, Denny has been balling out yeah. since they traded Rui away. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's probably why the Wizards wouldn't do it. But I that's like, I like that John deal. Collins. I mean, yeah. There, it gives them the the Wizards feel like they're perpetually, you know changing the deck chairs on the titanic right yeah <laughs> and this feels like a very much wizard hey look we did something shiny new object <laughs> bradley you want to stay right yeah uh so i could see that let's go on to the next one we're only an hour and a half into this so really shit, yeah. man. Wow. <laughs> we just missed 420 man hey. yeah uh so sons receive dougie buckets uh doug mcdermott T.J. McConnell, Buddy Heald, Jakob Pertl, the Spurs receive D.A., and the Pacers receive Jay Crowder, Campaign, Josh Richardson, and two first-round picks, one via San Antonio, via Atlanta, and San Antonio's uh, own 2025 pick. Uh, this, you thought mine was chaos. Yeah, who, who made this one? <laughs> this is that chaos. That's, wow. a, that's if, Gerald all the way. If the cuts. Suns got that for DeAndre Ayton, I think that the fans would burn the city to the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> well, you made well, it. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, that's true. Deep cuts um, by Gerald. I so I, the reason I like this deal is because the Suns don't have to give up any picks, which they can save for improving in another trade. And they have pieces now that they that are expendable, but actually help them. T.J. McConnell, an upgrade over campaign. He's been playing playing great this year. Um, a defensive menace up and down the court, and a guy who can run offense for you. Buddy Heald, massive upgrade over Landry Shamit. He's been shooting the lights out. Jakob Pertl, we've already talked about him. Obviously, you're downgrading at the center spot, but you might have enough firepower now in ball handling to overcome that. Doug McDermott's kind of a throw-in to match salary, but he's a decent shooter, and he's a guy that you can flip elsewhere because he's under contract next season for very manageable money. Um, this kind of deal was around the time I concocted this when DA was really struggling. And when it felt like when he was having that homestand and the fans were like, he had that one layup against Fred Van Vliet that he just like missed and didn't yep. dunk. And the fans in the audience like groaned. Yeah, I was at that and game. Was everyone's like, like, oh. And I was like, oh boy, this is uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I don't. San Antonio. <laughs> I, think, I think DA has shown enough in the last couple of games, as weird as it sounds to say, that it's only like two games or whatever, three games. I I don't think I make this move just because I'm still a believer that DA will put it all together come playoff time. This may be the palest trade return the Suns could get back. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> I remember putting out last summer when we were talking about sign-in trades. What if the Suns got Pirtle and Devin Vassell? And mm -hmm. Suns fans hated that. Oh, and I Devin Vassell played Devin really Vassell. well, and now he's mm -hmm. out for the season. And, and Pirtle was the other guy in that. And so I... Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't... Good on you, Jim. <laughs> on to the next one. I will just say this. If DeAndre Ayton ends up a fucking spur, like, because he'll go there and he'll thrive and he'll play great under pop. And then I don't think he will. He'll oh, be the next. Be uh, he'll be the next Tim Duncan slash David Rock. I don't know what he'll be, but he'll be a pain in our ass. <laughs> and we'll, every game, every time he scores 30 points for pop. Like all of the eight and stands will come crawling out of the woodwork and be like, see, I told you. And then go back to the dark parts of Twitter. Why, wait, why do you why do you react act like that's how all us eight and stands sound? Because huh? <laughs> I've heard you talk. <laughs> yeah. You, you caught when me. you all sneeze, right. you go, it's really weird. It's like a cat. <laughs> uh, what's our final trade? <laughs> all right. So this one is combining Hawks and Jazz's interest here. 
We got Jordan Clarkson, Clint Capella, and Jared Vanderbilt coming to the Suns. We got Malik Beasley and DA going to the Hawks. Campaign, John Collins, and three first rounders heading to the Jazz. Two from the Suns and one from the Hawks. Uh, and the second Suns pick in 2026 is top 10 protected. There was a report that the Jazz, for whatever reason, even though they have Laurie Markinen, who's an all star at the four, are interested in John Collins. Hmm. Um, so I feel like they get what they want. They get three first rounders for their guys, plus John Collins. The Hawks get a upgrade over Clint Capella individually. The Suns get two guys that would really help as far as their needs at the backup one and the backup four, and they would get a replacement-level center who is a better rim protector this season than D.A., um, better rebounder. I don't hate it, especially because Capella is that type of rim-running prototype that they like to use in their pick-and-roll with like Biz and Jock and that kind of thing. I simply want to say... Thank you for using our sponsor, OGs, when you were coming up with these because <laughs> you went deep down into the trade machine. And, and I didn't know up, up from down by the time I was done. With it. I finished this article at like five in the morning and didn't know right side. From I mean, I do, I do like this. I think this would be a very interesting way you could get uh, some talent in the door. And as much as I love DA, I, I think you're getting the best end of this deal in terms of helping you win now. I think Atlanta is the team that jumps out to me as saying no here. Yeah. Just yeah. giving up Collins and Capella and getting Aiton and Bees. I just think if they're getting rid of those guys, they probably want a more pick-heavy package would be my guess as a way to kind of reset. They, their problem to me seems like they have too many guys. And so I would want less guys, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the simple way to put it. I'm just tired of looking at trades. <laughs> so I'll say no. I think that's fair. We all are. <laughs> One guy we didn't see in Only, there. Only uh, two days, three yeah. days left. Yes. <laughs> if we keep going, we could get even closer. Mm. Uh, one guy that we didn't mention, but I I like Bones Highland. If you yes. Can. I don't think Denver trades him to the Suns just because they'd be afraid to have to face him again mm. in, in short order. But that's a guy, kind of that young talent you get in and say, could this be the future at the position, mm -hmm. you know, I like him a lot. I don't know why Denver would, would sell so low on him or sell. So yeah, I guess low, they see it as low. I think he has a ton of potential. So everybody should be trying to get bones Island, snatch yeah. him from a team that might win the championship. It's like the opposite of yeah. Pirtle going to Boston, right? You're yeah. taking a player <laughs> yeah. from the favorite. Yeah. Well, you were talking about Twades earlier. <laughs> what about Elmer Fudd? <laughs> what about Alex Caruso? Oh, I thought you meant real Elmer. Oh Fudd, no, which, Alex, yeah, Alex Caruso. <laughs> I mean, I like Alex Caruso. I do too, but I don't know what the Bulls are right now and what they're Neither trying to today. do. Give Jay Crowder. I don't I think mean, they figured out what they are. I mean, yeah, they feel like they're like, hey, we're still trying to win here, and I, I don't know why, but you know, look, their posturing the other day made me laugh, saying that they want two first round picks for Alex Caruso when he's averaging like five points a game. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd give up one first for Alex Caruso. I, I just, I don't know. I, I like him, but only as like a Jay Crowder kind of exactly. last resort. That's trade. how I feel. Yeah. It's like if the Bulls are willing to go, hey, we don't know what we are. We could use veteran leadership. Here's Jay Crowder and a, and a second round pick. Just, to, I don't know. Yeah. Sweeten the pot. Grayson Allen. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would not. Caruso's contract is just very, very good. It's like yes. less than the mid-level exception, which is part of why I value him pretty highly. But if, if you're if you're coming out of the trade deadline being like, ta-da, we got Alex Caruso, <laughs> no matter what team you are, I yeah. think your team's your your fan base is probably gonna be a little disappointed. We we got Devin Booker healthy and Alex Caruso in his headband. Get excited. <laughs> it's time to win a title. Uh God, Thursday 
better be a happy press conference. It better not be the the best deal we could make was a healthy Devin Booker. Uh, it's going to happen. If, it's, if that's what we it. hear, <laughs> my head will explode. Mm. And some people may like that. But if you want your head to explode, mm-hmm. you should wait go. last minute and go to game time to get your tickets. Because mm, you can you save go. up to 60% <laughs> off on tickets at game time. Uh, and you know what? I, I bought John Mayer tickets on game time. Oh, yeah? Uh, so you're the and, one. And John Mayer... <laughs> Is uh, I, I am. I'm a John Mayer guy. Look, Mayer and Swifty. I, I mean, uh, Tay Tay and I and John Mayer. Those oh, are, man. those are, well, you didn't get Swifty tickets. Not yet, I but I keep going to game time <laughs> going, keep... can you give me that 60% off or just 60% on top of what, uh, what the cost of those things are? <laughs> well, I mean, do, do you damn, to, it's expensive. Do you have to use a promo code or anything? Or, uh, no, you use the link in the show description, oh. either if you're listening on audio or YouTube, you go there, you click the link, and you get the best deals on tickets, sporting events, concerts. I'm sure there's plays, but that's not really my cup of tea. But if it's yours, go to Game Time, check it out, use the link in the description. And then I'm going to tell you about Saul's friends at Bad Birdie. Uh, I'm still waiting uh, to get my hat so I can rock it on the show. Forever waiting. Uh, and, but I love what they, what they have. They make golf apparel fun, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day, uh, my dad used to golf a lot when I was a kid, and it was boring. It was like boring polos and khaki pants. If you and, wore pants you know, like that, you kick your own ass, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, this, this is this is more Caddyshack, uh, you know, a fun no, 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 no. Yeah. So, uh, so if you want to take advantage of it, they just dropped six new polos, three new quarter zips, and two new hats. Go to badbirdygolf.com. Use the promo code PHNX underscore sports15 for 15% off on your next order. Uh, gentlemen, there's one final thing. Your and we, and we have a perfect oh, transition into what? it because Gambo just tweeted, breaking Suns news, Matt Ishbia's purchase of Phoenix Suns set to be complete by Tuesday. So perfect. Moved it up a day? Well, moved it up a day. They, the press they, conference the rumor was still probably conference. Yeah, it was going to be Wednesday. So makes sense that they'll they'll finish it uh Tuesday. I love the look on your face for a second. You're like, no. I thought, no. We, were getting, I thought we were getting a train. I was no. like, oh, God. Oh, that would have Two been more rough. hours. Let's saddle up, everybody. I like what Slick Cheney says. Espo, your body is a wonderland. It is. <laughs> it is. It's not, it's not the wonderland you want to visit. But why, Georgia? Why? <laughs> it's more gravity has taken, uh, taken toll of it. Uh, the issue of the thing is weird to me because I guess I no I'm just sitting here thinking about it his now that it came up is potentially he, he looks like a pretty in shape dude I, I, don't have anything, I don't have any bad thing to say about his body hopefully I never have to look him in the eyes after saying that yeah. that's tough you know like you're I'm bringing that I, clip on uh, on Wednesday I won't be I won't be able to be at the press conference so I, I, uh, I'm avoiding that for now. Um, <laughs> Why were they so like? I don't think it's holding them back right now, is it? Like they were in on Kyrie seemingly, and they could have made that deal. So I don't know if that's like gonna. Okay. The floodgates are open. I think over the last week and a half or so, Ishbia has had the call. I feel like the the rush was to get it to a point where he could be the guy having the call and make it official before the trade deadline, uh, just to to complete it right because mm-hmm. they had to make an exception to to get this done mid season. It's not normal. Yeah that they approve new ownership midseason in general. So uh, I think this was very much they saw the league saw what Sarver was trying to pull uh there and they they said let's expedite this and give Matt Ishbia the call. The first time we saw Matt Ishbia at uh, Footprint Center, I think that was when he was in control and making the calls. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, what do you guys make of it, though? Are, do you think this is a fresh start? Are you excited for Matt Ishbia? Oh, 100%. We have, I mean, how can you not be? Look at the look at the last guy. I mean, you know, this is, this is, this is going to be – this is fun for the Suns. This is a guy who's going to come in. As new owners do, he wants to make a splash. So that's why it's like this trade deadline – we're talking about all these scenarios. There's a, there's a possibility it could happen because when a new owner comes in, they want to make a splash. They want to make a splash within the community. They want to make a splash with the organization. They want to say, I'm here. Uh, we're ready to win now. So it's it's nothing but positive. He also has a really good reputation in the NBA. And I think that that's going to do nothing but benefit this team moving forward in this organization. You know, he's tied to Isaiah Thomas, who people might have their, their thoughts on Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. You know, but that could give some credibility to certain players that you might want to bring in here at some point. So I think that there's again the last guy sucked. Mm-hmm. It's so nice that like <laughs> after you don't tomorrow, have to tell me, boy. I know it's just like <laughs> I, I was gonna say a really inappropriate joke, but I'll say that for my podcast. But you know, we'll just I'll I'll, I'll make like Paul McCartney and just let it be. Like, <laughs> like thank God. Thank yeah, I mean, I, a few weeks ago, I put together a list of like a wish list for to do list for Matt Ishbia when he comes in. And like the number one thing was let's just like treat your employees like human yes. beings. That's a great start. Um, you know, maybe don't drop the N word or sexually harass your employees or any of that other stuff. That's a great. You the know, bar things, is so low. Things, you can come things in that and, most people wake up and do anyway. <laughs> maybe try there. Um, but yeah, obviously this empowers them to make moves, be aggressive at the trade deadline. It did say in Shams's report about the whole Kyrie thing that Matt and this group will be aggressive in pursuing deals at the deadline. Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in reforming the culture within the organization, but I, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say when he's introduced most likely Wednesday. And I, you have to wonder, is he going to have a president? of the team along with him because my guess is since he agreed in principle back in December, he's been thinking about and putting together a group that's going to come in here and lead the team. It would be highly disappointing to me if they went through all this to make sure he got in before the deadline and they didn't make some kind of move that somehow it was like Uh, all for not. The press conference is James Jones saying we got Devin Booker back and here's Isaiah Thomas. (laughs) And and Matt Ispia is sitting in that courtside seat. You all should be happy. Thank you very much. Have you met Mateen Cleaves? We got two NBA players right here. Mateen Cleaves and Isaiah Thomas. And they're going to fight it out for that 15th roster spot. One of them will be on the roster. Oh man. We will see. And we'll see if anything of the Steve Nash meeting Last week comes to fruition, too. I mean, a lot of opportunities, a lot of possibilities that could happen between now uh, and and Thursday. This could be a completely different franchise in in a monicum of ways. Uh, So, gentlemen, we finally... At an hour and 36 minutes, we have come to the end <laughs> of this grand, yeah. <laughs> grand voyage. Uh, big thanks to Kellen Olson, who joined us uh, what felt like four and a half hours ago. Uh, make, sure to today? Follow, <laughs> make sure to follow his work over at ArizonaSports.com and the Empire of the Suns podcast. Uh, Brendan, you can find him on uh, the Locked On podcast. Anything else you want to share? I know you have a new podcast. I do, yeah, Mm -hmm. the Just Basketball Show. It's on YouTube. It's on wherever you get podcasts. That'll be all NBA, all WNBA, national perspective. Although, obviously, I mean, look, I'm wearing a shirt. I I am who I am, but (laughs) we we do everything over there. So check that out. Oh, hi. Uh, how about you? You're choking, John. But uh, <laughs> I'm choked up. You can follow. Well, I appreciate you guys having me here today. Uh, 
You can follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. You can watch the Suns Jam Session podcast, the original post-game podcast. Still <laughs> yes. love you guys. The original. Uh, at Suns Jam on Twitter is where you can follow that show as well. You can follow my co-host at Matthew Lissy. And, of course, read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. You know General Borgay. You can follow him at, at Gerald Borgay. <laughs> you see me every uh, day. Don't follow him at Borgay Gerald because he doesn't That is the bur- the world's worst burner account that I have not used in months, <laughs> so don't follow account. that one. Uh, you can follow me at Espo. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore son. So for John, for Brendan, for, uh, and I guess, Gerald. Yeah. And the other two, they <laughs> don't get credit. Uh, and for Kellen, we appreciate you being here. And remember... Something's going to happen. If not, we just wasted two hours. <laughs> oh, <Ahoy, ahoy. laughs>